You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. It is Veterans Day in 2021, so it's only fitting that we honor our vets and those who have fought for our freedoms in this country on this episode, along with recognizing the good work that the folks up at Purdue are doing, especially at the Purdue uh, Military Family Research Institute. It's my privilege to welcome back to the podcast, Shelly McDermott's Wadsworth, Wadsworth, sorry, Shelly McDermott Wadsworth. Shelly, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And thank you for joining. I'm, I apologize for butchering your, butchering your name there at the beginning. No uh, it's so great to have you back on the episode. Of course, for those who have not been uh, with the podcast long, or maybe those who have been since the beginning, Shelly is one of my first guests of the podcast back way back episode eight. Uh, in July of 2019, where we featured uh, MFRI and what that was. But just to start this episode off today, in case people who didn't hear that episode or just need a fresh reminder of the great work you guys are doing, what is the Military Family Research Institute? Before I tell you, (laughs) I'm just going to say that um, not only is it great to be with you on Veterans Day, but I also want to make sure that people know that November is Veteran and Military Families Month. And so uh, this is not just a day that we recognize veterans in their service, but it's a month where we can recognize also service and veterans and their families um, for the service that they have given to support our nation. And that, of course, is one of the reasons why I think the Military Family Research Institute exists. It was created originally with funding from the Department of Defense um, through a grant process, and I was one of the people at Purdue that worked on the team that submitted um, the grant that started it all. So today, um, the Institute is um, part of Purdue. We're a unit within the Department of Human Development and Family Studies, which is in the College of Health and Human Sciences, and we do um, research and engagement and outreach Uh, aimed at trying to make things better for military members, veterans, and their families, wherever they may be. That's also for people outside of Purdue as well? Absolutely. Awesome. Within Indiana, we have a special place in our hearts for work in Indiana, but we also have done work all around the world um, related to members of the U.S. Armed Forces, past and present. Um, as well as throughout the continental United States. That's fantastic, Shelley. And talk about how long uh, uh, MFRI has been around. We were, um, the grant, the original grant, the founding grant was awarded in 1999. And uh, we will be celebrating late because of the pandemic. We'll be holding a big event uh, in 2022 to celebrate our 20th anniversary. So we're obviously older than 20 years now, but we're gonna have a birthday party. Uh, in in the spring of 2022, which will be in person, fingers crossed. That'd be terrific. Awesome. You guys deserve that celebration as well. I mean, you guys are just doing fantastic work. If I remember correctly, Shelly, when we talked a couple years ago about this, you don't even actually uh, specifically have a military background yourself or anybody in your family, but decided to get involved with this uh, from the beginning. Talk about that. Yeah, it's it's really true. Um, I I actually did not grow up in the United States. My, my maternal grandfather served in World War I, but for Canada, and that his experience was quite remote to me. Um, but I've always been interested in 
the relationships between work, our work and family lives. And it has always seemed to me that people should be able to do what they need to do at work and do what they need to do at home um, without sacrificing their health, their well-being. These things shouldn't come at one another's expense. And so I've always been interested in trying to help workplaces be more supportive for um, the non-work responsibilities of workers. And it was from that hat, basically, that I got involved in the original MFRI grant, because the military is a really big organization. They have a lot of things in place to support families that we might wish that private employers would do more of. And so I was really interested in trying to learn more about you know, what they do and how they do it and how to influence. And of course, two years after we were created, um, um, the, the Iran-Iraq conflict broke out. Mm. And now we had huge numbers of families going through stressful experiences. And I am, after all, a family scientist. <laughs> and so this then became very interesting from a scientific perspective, because we can learn things about how families deal with stress and transition um, in military families that might help us figure out things for all families that could be helpful. And of course, we wanted to try to do all we could to try to help support um, military families and then new veteran families um, as we dealt with the challenges associated with this conflict, which will go on for a long time. So we yeah. remain very focused on that goal. Yeah, for sure. And talk about what your role is with the Institute. So I'm a co-founder, and since 2007, uh, I have been the director. Mm. So um, the buck stops with me, I guess, uh, in terms of how people um, feel about our work. But it's been um, such an unexpected opportunity. If you had told me 30 years ago that uh, I would be doing what I am now, I would have been very surprised and said, oh, no, that, that won't be. Um, but it's been... Um, it's such meaningful work, you know, you feel like you can actually do some good. And yeah. the people who work at MFRI are so committed um, to the work. I never have to encourage people to be more motivated. It's never, ever that. And, and it's also a great way to give um, opportunities to students, both students who are mili military connected or students who want to work with military connected people. So it's been really fun to try to look for ways to organize our work so that it touches all of the missions of Purdue, um, discovery and engagement and learning. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're, you're doing a great job up there. And it's, it's such important work and great work, like you said, because these are these military families that are going through so much to defend our rights and our freedoms uh, for our country is just incredible. And they just, just deserve everything and more that they, they get on the good side of things. And just hopefully we can continue to to make things better for our, our veterans and their families. Uh, I want to talk about kind of, um, I know you kind of touched on it at the beginning, but let's kind of expand on kind of the research and programs that you guys do offer. We're always very interested in, in what makes military families tick, you know, and how families go through stress and transition. Every family experiences stress. Every family goes through transitions but they are difficult times. And so looking for ways to try to help families come out the other side more easily is always something that, that is of interest to us and has guided a lot of our research. We're also interested in what we call families on the fringe, meaning families 
who are different in some way from the typical military family. It might be families dealing with wounds and injuries or families of female service members or others, but just families that don't always get as much attention as they might um, deserve. We're very shortly going to be going into the field for a, a large study where we're checking in on what I call the OIF, OEF generation of kids. So these are kids who are adolescents today, but who were exposed early in life to a lengthy parental deployment. And we wanna check in with them and see how they're doing and um, what their perspective is now about that early experience, both from the perspective of the parents and the kids. So um, that's a study that's funded by the National Institutes of Health and also the Department of Defense. And uh, we'll be interviewing families all over the country. Wow. In addition to our research, we do engagement, which I think of as raising awareness, drawing attention um, to uh, issues. And we have several uh, initiatives um, there where um, uh, we try to uh, help people around the country to learn more about military and veteran families. So we do a lot of teaching and training, of course. We've written a textbook that's used in um, colleges around the country. We have a data portal called Measuring Communities where anybody can look up information about military connected people in their county or sometimes even in their zip code mm -hmm. and their state and they can learn about needs that might be there and we want local organizations to use this information so they can make good decisions about how to focus their efforts. And then on the outreach side, we have a few programs where we go out into the field and really try to offer help directly um, uh, to military connected folks. And over the years, we've done a lot of different things. We were the first university to host an Operation Purple Camp for reserve kids. Uh, and today we have a couple of um, new programs that are newer programs, I'll say that um, hopefully I can say a little bit more um, a little later on in our, in our conversation. That's great. And that's, man, that's so awesome, all these different opportunities and things and new things that are developing as well. And we, you mentioned uh, kind of some issues some veterans are facing as well. I know some of those include finding jobs when they get back or uh, access to benefits or unfortunately, you know, the struggles with mental health and PTSD. Talk about some of the things with that research that Purdue's doing along with partnerships, including I think a new one with Hamilton Center. And then I know one we talked about a couple of years ago with uh, Star Behavioral Health. Let's talk about the importance those partnerships uh, play and what you guys do. Partnerships are essential to our work. We, we do almost nothing um, by ourselves. Um, you know, we are an institute at a university. We're not a national advocacy organization or a membership group or anything. So we are always looking for ways to join existing systems together better to work more effectively on behalf of families. We think that it shouldn't, we shouldn't always be calling on families to work more effectively with systems that aren't as helpful as they could be. Um, but we're also not really interested in creating completely new things to compete with existing things. We're really interested in trying to use the expertise that we have and our position at a land-grant university to try to be helpful to others. And so we always look for ways to try to flow our work through other organizations to help them uh, elevate and expand um, their efforts. 
the needs um, remain. I'm sure that people are aware that there's have been lots of stories in the news that um, uh, suicide rates remain elevated among some parts of the military and veteran population. A tremendous amount of work has been done in recent years and there has been some improvement, but um, still uh, rates of suicide are higher in the military population than uh, anyone would like. Um, in particular, Indiana is a National Guard state. So um, most of the service members in Indiana are members of the reserve component, which means they're citizens most of the time. And so they have all of the same challenges that, that other citizens um, face. They rely primarily on civilian health systems. And so if there are health shortages, just as there are for behavioral health care, they um, affect the military population as much as they affect the civilian population. Unemployment is also a challenge, um, ongoing challenge uh, for National Guard members. I just heard a story recently, yesterday at a talk about someone who got called up so many times during COVID that they lost their job, their mm -hmm. civilian job, because they exhausted all their military leave. Um, and so these you know, work demands that affect civilian life are, can be common uh, in this population. And war and exposure to combat, of course, expose people to trauma. And trauma has a long tail, both physical and mental. So we're always alert to those things. Um, you mentioned uh, Star Behavioral Health in the initiative of the Hamilton Center. Star Behavioral Health is one of, is our largest um, engagement and outreach program and also one of our longest running. It was created originally in Indiana in partnership with the Indiana National Guard, as well as with partners at the Uniformed Services University. And it's a great example of trying to link existing systems together. We have behavioral health providers in communities all over the country. But early on in the war, I was talking with a therapist and they asked me what a TBI was. They'd never heard that those initials before. I think today I would have a hard time finding someone who didn't know that TBI means traumatic brain injury. But I thought, oh my goodness, we have all these people coming home that have been exposed to blasts and we have providers getting ready to treat them who don't know some of these things. And so STAR or SPHP we call it, um, was created to try to train community-based um, providers to know about the most recently approved and developed evidence-based treatments for the kinds of things that military members and veterans experience, and then to create a way for veterans and providers to find each other. We're now operating in 20 states. Um, we've trained uh, over uh, 15,000 folks, delivered over 150,000 hours of training. And um, in a very exciting new step, the Indiana Department of Mental Health and Addiction has partnered with us to infuse SBHP training at the center level throughout community mental health centers in Indiana. So that means that all over Indiana, there will be um, uh, providers who are well-prepared to work with military and veteran folks who can offer lower cost care than might be available through other means. And for people who don't have insurance or who are not eligible for VA services, um, we hope this will be a very important new option and we're so excited by Hamilton Center's excitement about this initiative and all of their work 
um, to really get this uh, infused throughout their center. That, that's awesome. That's incredible. Just again, just so many uh, opportunities out there and, and continuing to develop these things just to help have incredible number of resources for for our veterans and their families. That's just awesome, Shelly. I'm glad to hear all those things. Uh, as we're kind of uh, closing here pretty soon here, uh, talk about any maybe upcoming events or projects that you're excited to talk about. Absolutely. There are two that I'm excited to talk about. We're recruiting now for the 2022 cohort of Focus Forward Fellows. Focus Forward is a program, an enrichment program for women student veterans. Uh, who are um, studying for uh, college degrees. And we're really interested in trying to help them promote their academic and career success. And we also wanna help them not feel so isolated. This is often the case for women student veterans. They're, um, uh, they might be one of a very small number on their campuses. They really wanna have a community of support with other women student veterans, but it's hard to find them and, and develop that. So we help with that. Uh, we've had five previous cohorts of Focus Forward Fellows, and we're looking for the women who are going to join that community of women in 2022. So I hope that people will go to our website and check that out and apply. I also want to mention an initiative called Reaching Rural Veterans, which is really aimed at reaching veterans in rural areas who um, are, have limited resources and may not be as well connected with services and benefits that they have earned. We've been operating in Illinois for a year with funding from the McCormick Foundation. We're just getting going in Indiana with funding from the Woodruff Foundation. And we work with food pantries. We use the, the emergency food system as a way to reach these veterans. And we also look for food pantries that are connected to faith communities because faith communities have enormous potential to help veterans feel less isolated. And so we want to help um, bring veterans and services together. Um, and we'll be working in five um, counties um, in Indiana, or I'm sorry, eight counties in Indiana to try to um, pursue that goal. And very soon we'll also be starting with a multi-state effort um, in both Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois. That's really awesome. That's, that's really great. And uh, you mentioned the website, uh, MFR mfri.purdue.edu for people right. who are listening to this or watching this on, online. I'll provide links on our website to that as well. Just to, again, to find all these resources that we've talked about today to get more information. I assumed also just to find uh, contact information to reach out to you or somebody up there at Purdue to, to ask questions, correct? Absolutely. I'm very easy to find. My first name is spelled S-H-E-L-L-E-Y and I'm Shelly at Purdue.edu. And I'm assuming that most of the people listening to your podcast know that Purdue is P-U-R-D-U-E, not P-E-R-D-U-E. <laughs> We're not the chicken. That's right. Awesome. And then, of course, you guys on social media as well, Twitter and Facebook at M-F-R-I Purdue. Um, so people can also follow you there on social media as well, just to, to follow along what you guys are doing. As we're wrapping up, uh, Shelly, anything else that I haven't asked that you want to talk about? You know, I just want to express my appreciation to everyone listening who is connected in some way, um, has served our country in some way. And I know that first responders and others also do that. But today, of course, is especially a day to think about um, veterans uh, and about military members, but I'm so conscious that their siblings, their children, their spouses, their parents also, you know, 
worry and wait and support. And I'm so appreciative to all of them for their sacrifices on behalf of the rest of us. Yes, I 100% agree and echo that as well. Yes, thank you to uh, all who are listening who have, have served and their families who have, have served alongside them. Uh, and like you said, the waiting and just uh, uh, supporting their spouses or family members, parents, siblings, whatever that are serving our uh, military. We appreciate that. And yes, hope we have honored you with this uh, episode. And again, just uh, thank you again for what Purdue is doing to help in that uh, battle as well. So thank you, Shelly, for what you are doing up at Purdue. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure to talk with you today. You as well. It's great to have you back on. We'll have to do it again in the future as we continue just to honor the vets on this podcast. And, uh, and uh, thank you again for your time. Have a good day. You too. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.